Earthlings, we have now taken over your radio. Kobe! Oh man, oh man. Get that Celtic Game of Runs here on 101.5 UMFM. My name is Neil Siraj, my best buddy alongside me. And uh, we t- we said last week, hey, we're going to take this kind of week by week because the world is changing rapidly now. And uh, Black Lives Matter has taken over the world, taken over my world for sure and, and my mental space. And um, I just want to start off this, uh, this week's episode is uh, just I'm... I'm so happy that we got to talk last week as candidly as we did. And just a huge shout out to UMFM for not only allowing us the safe space to talk about these things, but um, also broadcasting it. And it's, it's just a really cool spot that we're at. And the fact that we're able to have these conversations feel safe doing so and let our voices be heard. Um, it is phenomenal. And with all these budget cuts and stuff, I just can't imagine losing the UMFN voice. Um, and I just wanted to start off with that. Just, just how happy I am that we broadcast our show on UMFM. Yeah. I, I, I want to echo that sentiment as well, because uh, yeah, Jared and Michael, it's a top down sort of thing. They've, always put a focus on um you know including everyone and having programming for everybody um whether that's queer voices whether that's uh punjabi programming whether that's uh afro beat uh whether that's old irish hymns whether that's uh rap music uh uh indie music um i i just want to also echo that sentiment and applaud and personally thank uh jared and michael for the platform that they have allowed us to grow and speak and flourish and give us a voice and, uh, you know, help us form our opinions and build relationships with people. We always joke about how few listeners we have, but like, you know, build relationships with people who actually tune into us and give us feedback and like, you know, who are interested in the same things that we are and people who aren't interested in things we are, we have been able to build and grow with them. And just, it's, it's a very communal atmosphere at UMFM and, um, I am all for protecting UMFM at all costs. There should be no budget cut related toward uh, what is arguably the heartbeat of University Center. Without a doubt, man, couldn't agree more. Fingers crossed for sure, because it's a uh, it's an important voice, and there's a lot of good people there, um, including you, man. And uh, thank you again for more or less listening to me as well on on Monday. It, it really helped me kind of align my my thoughts and my, my priorities and kind of shedding that, um, that second thought of, of expressing myself. I like this week has been, has been really helpful for me to just kind of shred that and think that like what, what I have to say, um, I don't have to, th- I, I shouldn't have to think about the right thing to say right now and, and listening and, learning as much as I can about, uh, this movement and the systematic, uh, injustices that, uh, have happened uh throughout this history and uh a lot of this came to like on friday um we we kind of spoke about it a little bit on our episode last week but um the local uh demonstration uh here right here in winnipeg on on friday friday evening we we both uh were able to go um an incredible incredible showing i think twenty thousand people was uh was the count by by some people and 
um, zero in zero instances as far as um, any sort of trouble, which is which is also fantastic. But uh, um, just in a general sense, man, uh, how did you feel being there on Friday? Um, in terms of how I felt, like uh, one, it was just a, an overwhelming sense of pride of the city and the and the turnout and the positivity regarding the event and just seeing the the diversity within our city and the fact that like you know young old uh regardless of nationality skin color like we were all there for one cause and that was to support and uplift black and indigenous people and um because they are not getting the support that um they you know deserve uh as equal humans um so like to to kind of come together in terms of systemic injustice and and personal and systemic racism going on um it was inspiring to see and uh i i even uh make mistakes i believe i i want to thank you for bringing up like our little dialogue um we, we spoke a bit about what is essentially white fragility which is like you know feeling uncomfortable about how to be approached or how touchy of a subject talking about races or calling people out for not talking about it enough. Um, because until there is true equality, we do have to think about race. Um, and you know, I think unfortunately we're a long way away from what true equality is. Um, and, and white fragility isn't just like just toward white people. It's toward non black or indigenous people of color. Like there is a fragility within uh, in South Asian brown Indian communities that I, I, you know, very much so am in tune with and, uh, how there is, there's levels of hate and, and levels of disregarding of what racism is, um, and what is preferred in, in social political classes in, within my community. Um, so it's been a learning time for, you know, not just white folks, but like non-black or indigenous people as well. And even some black and indigenous folks, I'm sure, like it's been a very educational time uh, for all of us and uh, overwhelming pride for the city to show up, turn out and march down Broadway uh, from the ledge to the Human Rights Museum. Um, just wanted to give a quick thank you for the to the organizers. They're all um, they're primarily U of W students uh, and then some community organization uh, leaders as well. Um, but the organization was Justice for Black Lives Winnipeg, uh, Jada Hope, Malak Cuff, Kamisha Hope, Imani Pinder, Ella Taylor, uh, Bethel Belay, Diana, Diana Ayodele, and JJ Marie and Ted Moko and Marit Zawude. Uh, those were the organizers, organizers for uh, Justice for Black Lives Winnipeg. And the, what they put together um, was just phenomenal, inspiring, and we need to take that energy and keep moving forward. 100%, man. I'm glad you named everybody. And to, I mean, to my surprise, a very young group uh, as well on their Instagram page, I believe they did uh, kind of like who's who and uh, who's behind this movement. And a lot of them um, early 20s, if not 2021. So um, and, and incredible, um, an incredible feat to organize something that big. Um, and, and in the span of time, I mean, they, they did that in about five years or so, or sorry, five weeks, five days, pardon me. <laughs> it, that's, it, it, it's, it's truly incredible. Um, and, and it went off without a hitch as, as far as I know. And, um, it's a powerful statement. I mean, I, I saw a, a few people not even from here commend us for, um, 
for being able to pull this off as a massive group and to not have any violence or um anything of the matter and really just be there um to support um black people and the black lives matter uh, movement uh it was phenomenal it was it was one of those things when i was there like specifically at the ledge um i uh me and me and Rasa parked our bikes kind of south osborne ish and uh and walked with a couple friends and just seeing the stream of people coming from all different streets and all walking towards the exact same spot and seeing that massive group of people um on the front lawn lawn of the ledge it um it, it's it was just so I- inspiring and motivational and and so powerful to have that big of a group together for one common cause and I think where I was standing was kind of on the uh, the southwest lawn, like near the near the Osborne Bridge, and it, it was tough for us to to hear all the speeches uh, word for word. But you better believe everyone was listening. You know, like it was dead quiet while people were speaking, and of course everyone cheered and clapped um, when it was necessary to do so. But it it felt it felt right. You know, it felt positive. And I've, I've said all these, these different words, but uh, to describe how I was feeling, but the, the silence between each word and everybody looking the same direction and listening um, is something that um, I definitely took away from it. And I'm not going to forget anytime soon. It, it was truly powerful. Yeah. I, I want to echo the sentiments of that. That's my only criticism of the event is that it was hard to hear um, and it's also extremely hard to plan outdoor events in that regard. So like, that's not, uh, a knock on any of the organizers. Um, it, it's very tough to put this together in five days, but it was very hard to hear, um, the words going on. And, uh, one thing, uh, I was tipped off at is that people in the back were actually using the IG live stream and putting it to their ears. And I, I thought that was incredibly innovative, but I didn't find out until after the speeches were over. Um, cause I was, I was up pretty close and it was still tough to hear given the way that, um, I was beside the speakers, no speakers were actually facing me. So it was, it was pretty tough to hear, even though I was close, but, uh, that that's definitely one thing I'm going to take as well in terms of a uh, protest etiquette. Um, the, the concept of putting the IG live stream to my ear so I could hear it and, you know, respectfully distance from everyone else as well. Um, but yeah, it, it was tough to hear, but everyone was listening and that was really cool. And, uh, some speakers got, um, very animated and, uh, actually like, you know, really inspirational speeches. Um, Uso Makioma, the, uh, um, the leader of Union Station, I believe, uh, for the NDP, um, opened up with, uh, with the first speech and, you know, really set the tone and uh it was it was inspiring overall uzo is someone who actually gave me employment opportunities and like helped me feel more comfortable as you know a, a queer person of color and she's uh they're the organizer of that um you know they're the main founder of that organization in winnipeg uh qpoc is like a, a you know a city's wide international thing um but uzo is the founder of the winnipeg chapter and uh yeah it was really inspirational um couldn't have said anything better, but we need to continue this. Like this is very far from over. And we're seeing um, with the proposed changes uh, or demands by Justice for Black Lives Winnipeg, 
um, you know, you're, we're looking to take that and actually make reform and, and change. And um, a lot of people are calling for abolition. And there's like a lot of, you know, it, it's taking it's a very unfortunate cost of a, of another human life, an innocent human life. Um, but this is the consequences that you have now inspired the people that to find out that they have power and the government works for us. And it's not the other way around. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, the news coming out of Minnesota yesterday, as far as them disbanding their, their police force, I mean, what a domino. I mean, this was, what, um, two weeks almost to the day of the murder of George Floyd. And they have, uh, I think it was a nine to four vote in the in the city council to disband um, the police force. And I feel like a lot of my education, um, as far as this entire movement goes, a big part of it the past few days at least, um, and I think it was really kind of stemmed from the first kind of um, demands of disbanding and um, in disarming and abolishing uh, these police forces. And when I saw it on the the local just uh, Justice for Black Lives Winnipeg um, demands uh, before I signed the the petition, I, I kind of like and I feel like a lot of people had this initial thought of like, what what does that mean? You know, like what? What does a city, a town, uh, a state, a province look like with without a police force, or at least uh, a very much defunded uh, police force? And um, there's a there's a lot of smart people really kind of breaking it down right now, um, especially after the Minnesota news yesterday. Of there is a, a it seems to be a very positive alternative. Um, to to the the police forces that have been ballooning um the past uh decade or so it, it's it, right here at home as well seeing all the winnipeg numbers that come have come out and just how much money all these policemen make it's uh it's it's not as absurd as i thought as soon as i heard it for the first time uh what did you think when you not only started hearing about the idea of uh, abolishing police or or defunding them there's a bunch of different things that aren't necessarily synonymous but um the general idea of that what what did you think at the beginning did you know about this and then um tie it back local uh, what are your thoughts on um that entire part of the movement well yeah um the, to to get the uh local aspect in immediate, immediately i think there's two instagram accounts that have done a real good job educating um on a local level that would be popwpg which is people over profit winnipeg um that it's you know, doing its best job to um, foster eco-socialism as far as a, a sense of, you know, it, potential candidates for mis- municipal elections uh, in the city. Um, and I'm not I'm not saying that, uh, you know, it, it requires an, a fundamental overhaul and we all have to be socialists and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm purely saying that there are aspects of each um, economic society that we could learn from and to fully ignore it just because it's called socialism would be completely inane, uh, to, to say there's no good thing from socialism is crazy. Um, and the other one would be WPG police harm, Winnipeg police cause harm. And, uh, which actually, you know, provides real numbers in terms of what Winnipeg police are making and doing with their money and what the budget in, from the city is going toward. Um, in terms of the abolition and defunding, 
um, I think there's just a lot of confusion around it. People, when you're saying um, ACAB and, and what that stands for, it's it, it's more so toward not the individual, but the badge that they represent. The badge that they represent is institutionally racist, regardless of the person holding the badge. Uh, that's that's the main disconnect with ACAB. Um, if there are good people behind those badges, those people would be incorporated in the community-based initiatives that would ideally replace cops after being abolished. If you are a good cop, you would not have to essentially worry as much about losing, um, you know, a, a position of, you know, of immense responsibility and power. Um, you would be, you know, reintegrated into something that is more community-based and friendly and um, builds on community and puts trust in the community. Um, and then that, that would be the main disconnect between abolition and defunding. Um, abolition is a long-term goal and defunding is the progressive means to get there. One's a means and one's an end. Um, but we have to start with defunding as uh, I believe it was Mayor Brian Bowman uh, mentioned that there would be about $73 million impact on uh, the local or the municipal economy based off COVID-19. And that is one of the uh, demands or requests that uh, or I, I should call it demands that Justice for Black Lives, uh, you know, represents is that if if there's a $73 million impact and police only are, you know, uh, police still have paid leave uh, while waiting for trial. Um, there's still like a whole lot of um, covering up of, you know, accountability. Uh, we still don't know details on three Indigenous folks that were shot in the span of 10 days in April. Um, those those police, you know, violence numbers aren't essentially going down. Um, so, you know, to see defunding and abolition be discussed in a more serious format and the fact that, you know, these are our, our tax dollars and we should, you know, have a say on where these tax dollars go. It looks like the police just went unaccounted for for a long time. And now we're all finally aware of how ridiculous this is um, to take the police budget and refund it in social work or community based initiatives, which would up, one uplift communities and two uh, replace the idea of cops with something more progressive and socially based. Um, you're not get, getting rid of cops and going full community governance from there. Uh, there will, will still be like a state of, you know, um, some sort of, you know, figure or presence that will be there to call or answer. Will it be more social work based? Yes, absolutely. Um, because why are police doing wellness checks? Like that, that it's, that's just a simple question. Why are, why is the Winnipeg helicopter being summoned whenever there's someone considering suicide? Um, and, and the, police are tipped off like there are just so many procedural issues that are systemically wrong um so that that would be the discussion with abolition and defunding like we need to understand that defunding would be rerouting the the money to not not you know treat a symptom but to treat you know the cause of why these crimes are happening crime is just a statistic that's all crime is crime is just a number or guilty or not guilty harm is a feeling how are we not judging things based off of harm? And how is it taking us till 2020 to treat our people for harm reduction in the community rather than arrest or crime rates? So the, the, I'll leave that a little bit open-ended and, you know, 
Um, I am going on too long anyways, but that's how I feel about the local scene and, you know, abolishment and defunding. Do do you have anything to add on to that? No, that was super well said. And I really like the way you framed it as far as like the, the defunding is, is kind of that step towards abolishment. Right. And I think that's really important to understand, especially locally. Right. And, um, I mean, you just dropped some knowledge on us, man. Can you, uh, repeat those two accounts, uh, that you found super educational? Yeah. Uh, people over profit, which is P O P W P G. And then the other would be Winnipeg police harm W P G police harm. Um, they're just doing good jobs presenting, you know, the right message of um, where where cuts are happening in our budgets. Why are the cuts happening there? Why are we cutting education and upgrading police, uh, uh, you know, you know, police uh, budgets? Why are we cutting healthcare and upgrading police budgets? Uh, education and healthcare are two pillars of society that we fundamentally need. Police aren't. So, I mean, that's my personal stance. Police would ideally be replaced by something which is far more of a community asset. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, uh, those are the two accounts who I feel are doing a great job. There's also, um, if you still are on the fence about whether racism happens in Winnipeg or whether you are just like in a bubble, uh, there's also one Instagram account, It Happens in Winnipeg. That's all. That's all the IG handle is. It happens in Winnipeg, and there are anonymous um, stories sent to, or they're protected stories. Your identity is protected, and um, you know the Canadian Museum of Human Rights is getting called out quite a bit on it because um, that should be a pillar of human rights, um, and and they've been getting dragged quite hard. But like it, this is the this is what people have gone through in Winnipeg. It, if you don't believe it's here, um, I am very thankful to be like, you know, as a queer person of color, I am in a prejudice zone. Um, people, uh, you know, I, I, I tend to push the boundaries of outfits. I, I wear crop tops and stuff. Um, and, and I think being a man has been a privilege that people have escaped. Uh, you know, I've escaped people being overtly racist to me most of the time. Uh, I've dealt with a lot of covert racism or covert prejudice. Um, but never the overt racism that people are dealing with, or, or rarely the overt racism that people are dealing with on, uh, on this sort of page. Um, but yeah, there's, there's certainly some things that Winnipeg needs to address and fix. And those are three accounts that are doing a great job. That's great, man. Yeah. For, for anyone listening, definitely follow. I've, I followed the first two that you mentioned. I'm definitely going to look into the, it's happening. It happens Winnipeg because, um, I mean, that, that's part of my white privilege, right? As far as not seeing, feeling, or understanding those instances like others do, um, whether it's every single day or a few instances here and there, it's, it's, it's happening all around us. And uh, those are the kind of things that, that really kind of help put things into perspective, which I think a lot of white folks need right now. And, and that feeling of of being uncomfortable. It's, uh, it's, it's not, it's more important than ever right now. And, uh, those, those accounts and amongst many other things, there's just tons of resources, um, to educate yourself, whether it's with, with, with policy, um, the actual culture of it all. 
Um, there's a lot of different points to this. And uh, I think it just the effort and the attempt to try and carve out any part of that for yourself, just to know a little bit more, um, I think will go a long way. And the more people in your direct circle, your small circle, whether it's your parents, your best friends that maybe aren't taking this as seriously as as you are or want to be, um, I think that's where a lot of people can have impact is is talking to your parents or talking to your friends that are would rather go out to the lake than than think about this kind of thing because they're hoping it's going to boil over. Um, I know there's a lot of people like that in my circles. I mean, me and Raisa had uh, quite the conversation with my parents last night and it's a lot of people are very kind, uh, good people, but can be it is it, it, it be easy to ignore for a lot of people specifically white people um up here in, in safe winnipeg canada but uh i mean uh day by day i think it's it's the effort and those those attempts um to try and educate people share things with people that are going to make uh the long-term difference day to day and uh supporting and being an ally um to our black community here in Winnipeg and then all around the world, of course. Uh, I, I mean, man, I'm just looking at the time. I'm, we we don't have a lot of time in this episode, and it's a basketball episode first and foremost. But I think what we talked about uh, as far as locally and the people that listen to our show, the people we're actually talking to, um, I'm hoping this conversation matters more than us talking about Giannis <laughs> being out <laughs> in in Milwaukee, you know, or. Jordan uh, dropping $100 million over the next 10 years. Um, is there anything that you want to close out the show with that maybe we haven't touched on? It doesn't have to be local. I mean, it could be NBA. It could be anything you want, man. But uh, I don't want uh, anything that you want to say to go unheard in these last few minutes. No, not particularly. I, I felt like we addressed everything that we should. Um, this is a time to be uncomfortable. 100%. Like, you, should, you should always be okay with feeling uncomfortable because something might be new to you and feeling uncomfortable we shy away from that but in reality feeling uncomfortable is a moment either it's a learning opportunity or you're uncomfortable are you feeling threatened why are you feeling threatened and it's important we ask ourselves why uh why do i feel uncomfortable in times like these and i felt like um i want to applaud you you've you've done a great job um i want to give everyone who you know took the time to you know, educate themselves on, you know, the true systemic racism and and sometimes often personal racism going on in the world and trying to be sympathetic toward, you know, how people of color are treated. Um, I've obviously learned a lot. Um, I obviously feel uncomfortable um, over this past week. And I think we all should, um, because these are times for us to learn and grow. Couldn't agree more, man. The, um, the the feeling of being uncomfortable is something that i think a lot of people dated like their entire living day to day is trying to avoid that yes and if there's if there's any time to to really dive into that and feel it and um and be okay with it yeah it's it's now and if you don't feel uncomfortable right now um i feel like you're doing yourself and your community a disservice um with the the classic ignorance this is bliss thing um this is just another protest that's gonna go away and things will stay the same in my day-to-day life so i really don't have to speak up or talk to anybody about it and things will stay the same 
Um, that's a big no for me. Uh, if you, if you're hearing this right now and, and that's trying, and that's how you're trying to act through this, um, or behave through this, um, I couldn't condemn it anymore. It's, it's, it's not the time for that. Um, this is the time to feel uncomfortable and to try and figure things out yourself, reach out to people that are close to you and help them, um, figure these things out as well, because the world is changing right now. And if you're not part of that, um, it has nothing to do with what you're going to be looked at down the road. Um, but imagine feeling Imagine feeling that in a couple of years, uh, however long it takes um, for things to really change and knowing that for the best, um, that would be a really tough spot to be in. Um, and I wouldn't want anyone that I care and know to feel like that. So now's the time. Uh, now's the time. And me and you definitely don't have all the right answers, um, but I think we're, we're on a path that we can be, we can be proud of. Um, so if anyone feels the need to speak about that, um, to somebody and feel safe, uh, by all means, um, my messages are always open, uh, for whoever's listening, but, um, now's the time, man, this, uh, it's, it's changing. It's all changing right now. Absolutely. Super well said black lives matter, black trans lives matter, happy queer month, uh, Gemini season, your boy, uh, next Monday <laughs> is 28. Uh, Crazy, MJ won his first title at 28. Indigenous Lives Matter as well. Um, don't stop saying these things. Don't stop educating yourself. And much love. Thank you for listening, supporting us, and supporting your fellow humans. We'll get back to you next week with uh, whatever we feel is the most important. Till then, stay safe. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>